It's going to be incredible this Tuesday. Thank you, Camille, for sharing your story. And I believe that you're going to, many of you are going to have stories even after this next Tuesday of what God has done and healing your past and healing you from whatever traumas. And so it's going to be a powerful time. So you ladies want to be here for sure. All right. Are you ready for God's word today? All right. Stand up with me. I want to declare a scripture over you. We are in, um, we are, we are in this series called Closer where we are learning to live our best life by living close to God. And we believe that everything that you and I need is found by taking steps closer to the Lord. And I have something very, very specific targeted that I believe God has laid on my heart for you today that will help you take those steps closer to God. And it is the theme of what I want to share with you today is out of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. And it says this, it is impossible to please God without, and what is the word? It is impossible to please God without faith. I want to talk to you on faith's focus and that it will help you determine what you see, what you don't see, and the life that you live by faith's focus. Let me finish that scripture. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who comes to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I love being part of a church that you guys come to church because you are hungry to take steps closer to God. And there is no one who can change your life, no one who can change my life. I know I'm preaching already. You better be ready. Who, other than the name of Jesus. I want Good to be in church together. Faith's focus. Shout focus. focus. All right, that's what I believe God's going to do today. I believe he's going to He's going to fix our focus. He's going to fix it with this element called faith. I remember as a young boy, I woke up one day, and all my life previous, all 11 or 12 years of it previous, I had just always believed that God existed. And that was the foundation of, of my life. It was the foundation of every day I just believed that God was. But for whatever reason, I woke up somewhere around 12 years old, and one day I, I wasn't sure I believed in God anymore. And it, it freaked me out. I remember wondering why this happened. And there was no crisis other than the normal crisis. We were, our family was in crisis. But there was no conversation I had the day previous. There was, there was nothing worse than what was already going on in our family. And in fact, good things had already begun to transpire. Where, where my mom had genuinely met the Lord. And the Bible talks about being born again. Where she was. She was born again. And she had met Jesus. And I had actually previously prayed a prayer with a babysitter who babysat on purpose. I'm thankful that, that people live life on purpose. This babysitter babysat on purpose. And so me and my brother, she gave us all the opportunity, told us about Jesus and invited us to pray a prayer. And my older brothers at that time like, nah. nah. And I, for whatever reason, I, I said yes. I didn't even know what I was saying yes to. And some of you today, you, you're going to say yes to giving the opportunity to let Jesus into your life. And you might not even know all that you're, you're, you're in fact, I'll guarantee you won't know all that you're saying. I didn't at a, as, a, as a young boy, but I had, I'd prayed that prayer already. So things were starting to turn around in our life, in our family. But this day, there was nothing that prepared me for it. I just woke up and my faith was gone. And I remember my mom, she was, a, she was you know, she had been prior a really good Catholic in fact, she was still a, a Catholic lady, and, but she had met this pastor of a Protestant church, much like ours, and he was discipling her. 
he and his wife were discipling my mom when she, she, when she really met the Lord. And so she didn't know what else to do. She normally, you know, would just take us to the priest and let them fix us. And, and, and so she took, took me over to, she took me over to the pastor's house. And I told her the dilemma I was in. I was like, I, I, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. So she takes me over to the pastor's house and, and, and the pastor invited me into his home office. And he shut the door behind me, left my mom on the outside, whatever she was doing in the living room. Probably just, oh God, help my son. I don't remember much of the conversation that the pastor had with me as a 12-year-old boy. I don't remember a scripture that he shared with me, but I'm sure that he did. I don't remember him trying to intellectualize with me and try to convince me of the reality of God, but I do remember this. I remember when he prayed. And I remember when this pastor prayed, all of a sudden what I had always had as a foundation of my life and then I had lost it, I remember in a moment it came back tenfold. I remember my faith not only returned, but it returned with crystal clarity. I just remember in a moment what I couldn't see before, I saw more clearly than I ever saw before in my life. And I knew, I knew there were angels in the room, and I don't ever remember having a conversation about angels, but I knew Jesus was real. I knew God existed, and my faith was very crystal clear focused. I believe that God gave me a burden this weekend. I was ready, honestly, I was so ready to preach this on Friday. I was like, I'm ready too early to preach this message for our church. It's going to be dangerous for them. But I, I really... I really feel like God has a meeting with somebody. So I don't just have a big idea that you live your best life when you live close to God, but I have a big goal for you today. And my goal is that the Lord would clear your focus, the lens of your faith would get so crystal clear that you would see God up close and personal. That the Lord would no longer be on the outskirts of your life. He wouldn't be something that you hope he's real or, you know, you, well, one day he's, he's there and one day he's not. But he wants to establish an up-close and personal relationship with you where your faith is crystal clear and your focus is right there, right on who he is. And so I, I hope that today that you, out of the scripture, and I believe that by his presence that no one but Jesus is going to do exactly what this goal is for you today. So wherever you're at, whatever storm you're in, whatever situation you're in, I believe the Lord's going to crystal clear your focus today. And I want to share out of this story. I want to share out of a story where there were some disciples in a boat, in a storm, professional fishermen, let me remind you, they were used to storms, but this one was about ready to take them out. They were fearful for their lives. Jesus then comes walking on water, and I want to take out the man by the name of Peter, and I want to show you how he, he didn't see God with faith, and then he did, and then he didn't, and then he did. And so, that was just much like you're in my life, right, where, where it's like, he, I saw it clearly, and then I didn't, and then I saw it clearly, and I didn't, and then I saw it really clearly. I believe that's where we're all going to land. We're going to land in the same place that Peter landed at the end of the scripture reading. It is in, it is in, it's in Matthew chapter 14. It said this, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, say meanwhile. All right, this is our life. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble. And I like how the Bible mentions where they were in trouble. They were in trouble far away from the land. In other words, this was not something where, hey, we could just roll back real quick or we could jump in and swim to the shore. God put them in a position, hear this, God put them in a position where they would need faith in order to get out of it. I don't know if you figured this out yet or not. 
but your life will find yourself in places where you need faith in order to see yourself clearly and to get yourself out of it. And so here they are, they're far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. Now, we're sitting here in this nice, quiet, beautiful room, lights on, every now and then they seem to go off recently. They went, but, um, and it, you know, we're reading this scripture, I guess with a little bit of, uh, we're not there. I wanna bring you there a little bit more. We're not gonna put water on you or anything like that, but I do wanna bring in a little bit of sound effect and I want you to picture yourself in the boat. Okay, here we go, let me start over. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land, for, for a strong wind. Go ahead, turn it up a little bit. For a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, man, he took a while, guys. Three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I'm here. Then Peter called him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. What a crazy thing to do. Yes, come, Jesus said. All the noise, all the sound of the storm, all the waves, all the rain. Come. So Peter went over the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. What an incredible miracle that in the middle of all the sound, all the storm, all of a sudden they get back into the boat with Jesus and it's, wow. And then it says, then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. How many of you see that they didn't see very clearly, and then they did. Peter's like, it's you, Jesus. And, and then he walks on water, and, and then he didn't. And then he did, and his, his sight got so clear. It's like, you really are the son of God. I believe that today God wants to put that rock-solid faith on the inside of you. Where you're like, you really are. Now, faith determines some things. The faith's focus, it, it determines some stuff. Now, before I give you the first thought about what, the importance of this and why we talk about it, I want to remind you that young people, when they text, they often don't text words anymore. I'm surprised this next generation can even spell it all because they use acronyms, right? They're like, R-O-F-L. What is that? Ruffle? Rolling on floor laughing. No, you're not. You're just R-O-F-L. You're lying. Like L-O-L, R-F-L. I mean, I looked up some different ones that, these, that this generation is doing. I'm like, what does that even mean? F-W-I-W, for what it's worth. You know, okay, whatever. Um, I-M-H-O, in my humble opinion, whatever. I-D-C, I don't care. That's what I feel about all these acronym things. I-D-C. You know, BFFs, I got that one. You know, all that. I got that one figured out. But I felt like, you know what? I'm going to give my own acronym from my first thought about the importance of faith's focus, and it's gonna be WYSIWYG. 
See if you can figure this one out. Right? Come on. Yeah. Yeah, see, you can't even figure that out and you're 13, huh? There you go. What you see is what you get. Come on now. Which is how I feel every time I read a teenager's text. It's like, I got nothing. I got absolutely nothing. I can't, I can't understand it. And I realized that, that there's a truth to it, that what we see is what we get. At first, it's like, it's a ghost. It wasn't a ghost. It was Jesus. And 11 disciples didn't make a transition from seeing a ghost to a savior. They just saw a storm and ended up with no story except to tell somebody else's. But Peter's like, I saw a savior and I got a story to tell. I walked on water. And so I came here to tell you that what you see is what you get, that the Lord wants you to get a crystal clear focus so that you can begin to see the end that God has for you. For instance, right now you may see, all you see right now is addiction. And you see that, you know, I'm an addict and that's who I am. Or I'm depressed or I'm full of anxiety and that's, that's what I see. But do you see yourself free? Do you see yourself delivered? Do you see yourself full of joy? Do you see yourself on the other side of it? Do you see yourself on the other? That's what the Lord wants you to see because what you see is what you get. Faith's focus determines not just what you see but what you get by what you see. And so faith is critical. And so the Lord wants to, to, to crystallize our focus. You know, I'm an outdoorsman. So outdoors people, they have, they have spotting scopes and they have binoculars. And, and when you, when, when, every time I go with somebody else that's an outdoors person, we, we jump out of the truck and we pull out our, our, our spotting gear, right? And we're looking across the mountains. And I don't think I've ever been with anyone who doesn't check out somebody else's binoculars or their spotting scope. They're like, so what do you got there? You know, you're looking through yours and you don't see anything and they're seeing, oh yeah, there's something over there and there's this over there. And you're like, yeah, over where? And then you ask to borrow theirs. You're like, if they have a better set than yours, you're like, dear God, I once was blind and now I can see. You're like, they are so good. <laughs> they're amazing. And, 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 I, and, I, and I realized that the, the, the quality of the lens determines what you see. And, and if you have the right lens, you can see things you couldn't see otherwise. I literally stood with, stood with friends before, and I'm like, I do not see what you're talking about. And then I take their set of binoculars, and I look, and I go, crystal clear, it's right there. What I believe God wants to do for you today is to change out your lens. He wants to give you a better set of lens because a fear lens is cheap. He doesn't want you to give you a fear lens. He doesn't want you to see Jesus as a ghost. He wants to give you a faith lens where it's like, oh, I see a Savior right now. I, I, I don't just see a storm. I see a savior. So faith's focus will, will determine, you know, your WYSIWYG. Tell your neighbor, WYSIWYG. All right. Now, it also determines this. It also determines your state of mind. It, it, it's, 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 it's not just really determining my future, what I get and what I, what I see, but it's, it's the life that I live right now. It's, it's, if I don't like my emotional state, change my focus. Because these boys were freaked out in the middle of a storm. But they were freaked out because they were focused on a storm and a ghost. Hey, if I'd be freaking out too, right? If all I can hear and see is the storm and the wind and the waves, and now there's a ghost in the middle of it, dear God, it's over, right? It's like, that's, 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 that determines my emotional state. Their emotional state, their state of mind, was determined by their focus. And their focus lens was fear rather than faith. So when the Lord, he's, he wants you to understand that, that you got, I want to give you the right set of lens so that you can have joy now and it not be just something that's reserved for you in heaven. 
The Lord wants you to walk through this life with a lens of faith because it determines your state of mind, your today. That it doesn't have to be anymore, it's Monday. It's going to be, it's Monday. Man, it's going to be a great week. God's got some great stuff in store. I know that right now I don't see the marriage change, but I'm here to tell you, I see the end. I know that that today is not the end of my story. It's going to, God, I don't know when the Lord's going to show up in it. I don't know how he's going to turn this around, but he's going to. I know that he's going to. It's what he does. So so I want to share with you what I see the Lord doing in Peter and what I see that he wants to do in you and in me to be able to change out our lens so that we can have a faith focus when the storm comes, because storms happen, right? We all know they happen. So when they happen and when they arrive, let's, let's be sure that we're not carrying around a cheap set of binoculars. Let's, let's have something amazing in our spirit so that we can see stuff other people don't see and, and that we'll have a state of mind that other people would sink in, we'll walk on water in. Okay, here we go. Number one is this. Jesus spoke in the middle of the storm and he said this, he said in verse 27, he said, he said, don't be afraid, it's I, or don't be afraid, take courage, I am here, I am here. I need you to know that every situation that is new to you, Jesus is already there. Things that surprise you never surprise him. And in the middle of it, he's already there. At the beginning of it, he's already there. Here's my thought. I want you and I to remember God is there. He's here. Jesus is here. He's there. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. These are the words that you might need to read again and again and again and declare over your life. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Tell your neighbor, he's here. He's here. He's right there in the middle of your circumstance right now. You know what I love about that? Is that I don't have to get things figured out in order for Jesus to show up. He's here before I get over my struggle. He's here before I get my life figured out. He's here, listen, he's here before I get delivered from my fears. He's here before I overcome. That sin. He's already there. And when I begin to picture, Jesus, you're here, all of a sudden, things begin to transpire in me. My, the lens begins to get clearer. It's, it's all of a sudden faith begins to arise because I'm, I realize I am not alone in this story. I'm not alone in the struggle. I'm not alone in this storm. I don't know. Am, who am I preaching to today? Because, because I need to know I'm not alone. I need to know it. I think you need to know it. And, and when you go through it, and you, you, it, it, sometimes it's foggy, but every now and then you get glimpse and you go, he is here. You are the ones that you know exactly what I'm talking about. That in the middle of it, Jesus revealed himself. And it did something in you that put a faith in you to know he's there. Now, now that's, that's the beginning and the foundation of it all, that he's there. But then, he, then, then something else transpires that the Lord has Peter do that I watch him do for you and I, if we want to take steps closer to the Lord, you want to be closer, all right? You want to be closer, right? You want to have a close walk with God, then you got to take a step of faith. He'll let you know, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, now. Now what? All right? Lord, what do you want me to do? What step of faith can I take that 
will make me draw closer to you. For some of you, just coming to church was a step of faith. You're like, dear God, I, I think the roof will fall in if I go to church, right? Listen, it didn't fall in when your neighbor came. It's not going to fall in when you come. Or if it did, it wouldn't be because of you. It's not going to happen. But there, I don't know what the step is. For some of you, it's like, I'm going to say a prayer. For some of you, it's, 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 it's I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to trust God with my finances. And I'm going to give to that legacy big go. And I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna sow seed of finances so my life outlives me. That's what legacy is all about. Having, living a life, sowing your life in such a way that your life outlives you. And that's a step of faith. And here's what I find. That when people take steps of faith, God meets them there. So it's like, man, I felt like the Lord wanted me to start a business. And then you went ahead and you, you, you checked, you know, you did your wisdom counseling. You did your information gathering. You talked to people. You had people pray about it. And you, it still was there. And you took a step of faith to start the business. And God came through. And every time, this is what happens. I feel closer to God. When you, when you, you feel like the Lord wants you to forgive somebody and you forgive them, and, or you, you feel like the Lord wants you to ask for forgiveness and you go and ask for forgiveness from someone. And when you do that, afterwards you go, I feel so close to God. Why? Because you took a step of faith. It felt risky. It felt, it felt like out of your comfort zone. But when you take a step of faith, God meets you there. If all we ever do is stay in the boat, I promise you, you'll, he'll be there. But you won't feel as close to him as you would if you would take the risk. If you would just go, you know what? I'm going to forgive. I'm going to ask. I'm going to give. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to ask her out on a date. You know. I'm going to. Or or I'm going to break up with Mr. Distraction. You know. I don't know what it is, but it's a step of faith. I'm going to delete him from my contacts, or I'm going to add him to my contact. I don't know what that is, right? But you gotta. You gotta take a step. Tell your neighbor, take a step. Okay. I can't sit in the boat. And expect to take steps closer to God. I got to join the dream team. I can't just sit in church all the time and not give back. I've got to join. I've got to take a step of faith and use the gifts that God's given me to make a difference. And that's just dream team people clapping. And so, that's just... <laughs> so I, want, I want your lens to get crystal clear and I want it to be with faith. So, so I need you to know this about faith. Hebrews 11.1. 1, faith is the confidence in what we, what's the word? Hope for. This is exactly what Peter felt. I hope this works. I hope. As far as I can tell, this is God talking to me. As far as I can tell, I'm just obeying God. And I hope. That's how we felt when we started this church. As far as we could tell, it's God talking to us. And I hope it works. And Peter jumps out. That's, honestly, listen, that's what faith feels like. Faith doesn't feel like it has no risk to it. If, if it doesn't have any risk, it's, you're probably not taking a step of faith. You're just, you're, I've, got, I've got to, like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? And then, I promise you this, whatever it is that he's asking you to do will be beyond your ability to perform without him coming through for you. So when, Jesus, when, when Peter takes a step and he starts to walk, he's doing it miraculously, and then he didn't walk on water. He walked on water and then he didn't walk on water. And here's where people get messed up about faith, is they think, well, I didn't walk on water. It must not have been God. Yeah. 
How many of you would agree with me that Peter getting out of the boat and walking on water was the Lord's will? Okay? If you don't, read the Bible. Jesus asked him. I just read it to you. He asked him to come out. That it was the Lord's will. And, and it worked. And then it didn't work. And it was still God. And then it worked again. Because the way I picture this is, Peter's freaked out enough when he started to sink that he was far enough away from the boat he couldn't grab it. He would not have yelled, Lord, save me, if the boat was right there. But he also was probably far enough away from the Lord that he couldn't just reach out and grab Jesus by himself. So he was in a position where I feel all alone right here. And the Lord will allow circumstances in our life that we walk through that are like, I'm far enough away from land, I'm far enough away from the boat, I'm I'm seemingly far enough away from Jesus that, Lord, you need to come to me now. S-O-S, save my soul. Come on, Jesus. And then, listen, the Lord reaches out and grabs him. Now it says this, when they made it back to the boat. You know what that tells me? He walked on water again. He had to get back to the boat, right? So he's walking on water with Jesus again. So just because you have seasons where things that God told you to do get to be rough spots or they don't, always, it doesn't mean you don't have faith. It's, it's, God is challenging it and crystallizing your focus and so that you turn off the circumstances and back onto a savior and listen yes you married mr right and mrs right don't just because you have a trouble spot call them mr wrong or mrs wrong you got to go through that and jesus will come he'll he'll hear your sos and he'll cause you to walk on water on top of that marital discord you'll you'll get back safely to the boat of a peaceful loving be all great but don't just dismiss stuff because man i just it didn't work right away but this is how faith feels faith feels really risky and i hope this works i hope this is god all right so i gotta learn to take steps of faith and then and then last one this is kind of where it all starts and where it ends it said that jesus went up on a mountain to pray by himself i I, he must have been there for hours because he sent the people home most likely when it was light then he goes up and he doesn't show up in the middle of the storm till three o'clock in the morning So Jesus got alone to pray and to be with the Lord himself (laughs) and uh, and his father. And then he shows up. All the story is summarized by this. And it says that then they got back into the boat and they worshiped him, declaring it with an exclamation, you truly are the son of God. I think one of the most, the most, foggy things that that get on our lenses is just busyness and distractions and we have got to put into our world where we get away and we just worship him i just worship him and and i just declare you are the son of god you are the savior and so Worship is not, you need to know this, worship is not something that God gets his soul fed. It doesn't do anything for the Lord. He would not be God if he needed our worship. He, the scripture and theology is very clear that God does not need our worship. But we need it because it gets our focus back. Worship 
takes our focus off the storm and just focuses, zeroes in on a savior. And so worship is our gift where we exclaim who God is. You truly are the son of God. So I want a really expensive set of eyes, spiritual ones, that say, God is here. And I'm listening for his voice to take steps of faith, whatever that next step of faith is that the Lord wants me to do. And I'm just going to worship him constantly so that no matter what noise tries to get my tries to distract me or put fog on my lens where I can't see him clearly, I'm just going to worship him. So I guess I came to ask somebody a question. Who's willing to worship before the storm ceases? Who's willing to exchange their cheap pair of lens that that the majority, honestly, 11 out of 12, the majority just see a ghost? when somebody else wants an expensive set of lens called faith, where I can see a savior. Who's willing to make a transition from worry to the wonder of who he is? 